Nolan Investigations. I run that Boston-based detective agency that my dad started many years ago. Now that dad is retired, it's up to me, and my mom Gladys, to keep this place in the black. I've seen a lot of strange things in my time here, and I never know what the next knock on the office door is going to bring. I'm Jim Nolan, Private Eye. Misfits Audio is proud to present Jim Nolan, Private Eye. Episode 13 is entitled, I Killed Him in Boston. Come in, please. It's open. Good afternoon. I'm looking for Jim Nolan. This is his office. And you must be his sister. (laughs) I'm his mother. Mother? You're kidding me. No, I really am. You must have given birth to him when you were three years old. (laughs) I like the way you talk, mister. My name's Barton. Joey Barton. Pleased to meet you, Barton, Joey Barton. (laughs) Yeah, you're pretty funny, ma'am. You should be on the circuit with me. Circuit? I'm a nightclub comedian. I'm doing a week-long gig in your fair city. How exciting. It can be. Some nights it's about as exciting as watching paint dry. But you never know when that big TV producer might be in the audience looking for his next star. Me, Joey Barton, star of stage, screen, and radio. Screen? You've been in the movies? Well, no. Not yet. But you said... I did. But only because I needed my third. Your third? Sure. You're a funny lady. You've told a few jokes in your time, right? Some. I've never been terribly good at it. Haven't you ever noticed that things and jokes always come in threes? There's always three guys stranded on a desert island. The guy who discovers the genie in the bottle on the beach always gets three wishes. That's right. Why is that? Darned if I know. Maybe because a joke with two would be too quick, and a joke with four would be way too long. It's a rule of comedy that goes all the way back to the caveman days and the first comedian, Uncle Milty Og. (laughs) You're pretty funny, Joey. Uh, You think so? Oh, yes. If you want to see my show, I could probably get you some free tickets. That would be nice. Thank you. I could use a good laugher. Right up front. You'd help warm up the crowd. I'll do my best. Oh, I'm sorry. You came here on business, and I've been talking a blue streak. Jim just went out to get some lunch. He should be back in a few minutes. How can we help you? I think someone's going to kill me. The weather outside of Jim Nolan's Devonshire Street office is wet and dreary. The perfect accompaniment to the conversation going on inside. Comedian Joey Barton's mood changes from happy-go-lucky to somber. Murder is no laughing matter. Misfits Audio's latest Jim Nolan Private Eye Mystery is entitled, I Killed Him in Boston. I'm sorry I wasn't here when you arrived, Mr. Barton. It's okay. It's lunchtime and people have to eat. 
By the way, it's Joey. Mr. Barton was my dad. If you say so. I'm Jim. Uh, can I offer you some of my sandwich? It's only a pastrami on rye with next to mustard. Nothing fancy. No, thanks. Would you mind if I eat while we talk? I didn't have any breakfast this morning, and my stomach is growling. You go right ahead. You think someone's out to kill you? Yeah, that's right. She said you're a comedian. Yeah, I'm doing four nights at the Blue Moon Club over there on West Street. You heard of it? I have, but I thought it was a jazz club. It is. Milt Doyle, the owner, thought it would be a good idea to expand the talent offerings. I've been there a few times. I do a 45-minute set right after the band clears the stage. And I do a second show a little later on. Does, um, mm, Doyle think comedy can catch on at a jazz club? He does. That's why I'm there. What's your act like? Blue humor? I do some blue jokes in the later show. I'm doing two shows a night. 8 o'clock and 9.30, all this week but tonight. Doyle devotes his club solely to jazz on Wednesdays. So you're off today? Right. I'll do four more shows, two on Thursday and two on Friday. Then I'm done for the week and I can go home. I've been on the road a long time. Where's home? Montpelier. My wife and baby girl are there. I hate to leave them. At least on this circuit, I pretty much stay in the Northeast, so I'm never far from home. That must be tough, being away from your family. It is. But I gotta provide for them, and this is what I do. Why do you think someone's out to kill you? It all started with this here. Winston's Forests. Someone sent you flowers? Yeah, to my hotel room. Doyle set me up with a room near the clubs for the week. All good things must come to an end. What a great sentiment for Doyle to use to start your week. He didn't send the flowers. I asked. Did you check with the florist? No, I haven't. Do you have any enemies around town? None that I know of. There is one guy who worries me, though. Who? At my first four shows, this one guy sat right up front. Is that unusual? Yeah, but he was there for both the 8 o'clock and 9.30 shows on Monday and Tuesday. He never even cracked a smile. Maybe he didn't find you funny. Not a chance. I have him rolling on the floor. That's why Doyle keeps asking me to come back. Besides, if this guy didn't find me funny at the Monday 8 o'clock show, why would he come back for the late show and then for both shows the next night? What's this guy look like? Well, with the stage lights, I can't see him too well. He's balding. I can see the lights on his head. I can also see that he wears glasses. Yeah, and he always seems to have one of those exotic drinks in front of him. Exotic? You know... The ones with the little umbrellas. Has he made any threatening moves towards you? None. He just sits there, staring at me and not laughing. I feel like a zoo animal. Have you asked Doyle about the guy? I did, but Milt doesn't recall him. His memory's not what he used to be. He's happy to sell tickets and enforce the two-drink cover charge. Do you think this guy will show up tomorrow night? Well, maybe. He's been a creature of habit so far. Will you take my case, Jim? Sure I will. But we don't know there's any connection at all between the note that came with the flowers and this guy's odd behavior. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't know that there isn't either. There's just something about that guy that scares me. Have you talked to the police? Yeah, I went there before I came here. They said there's nothing they can do unless something happens, which is exactly what I'm trying to avoid. I want you to go back to your hotel room and lock the door. Stay there. Don't go sightseeing. It's a lousy day anyway. Watch some TV. Do they have room service there? They do. Order your dinner from there. I want you out of your hotel room as little as possible. Gotcha. Here's my card.
If anything happens, anything, call. Okay. And be sure to leave the hotel's name, address, and phone number with Mom on your way out. Will do. Do you think Doyle would let me look over the layout of the club before you show? I don't see why not. I'll call him when I get back to the hotel. You stay in your hotel room and stay safe. We'll get to the bottom of this. Good afternoon, sir. May I interest you in some flowers? We have some lovely tulips. No, thanks. We also have some vibrant roses. I'm not interested in placing an order. You're not? No. I'm interested in an order that's already been delivered. My name is Jim Nolan. I'm a private investigator. Here's my card. I see. Uh, What order are you speaking of? This one. Ah, yes. Yes, we deliver flowers frequently to that hotel. So that's definitely one of your envelopes? Certainly. We've used the embossed W for many years. Read the card inside. Dear me. What a terrible thing to write. That is one of your cards. It is, but that's not my or Joan's writing. Joan? My wife. We run this shop together. More often than not, one of us writes out the card that goes with the flowers. That's Joan's writing on the envelope. I recognize it. Is she around? I'd like to speak with her. I'm afraid not. She's in Buffalo. Her mother fell ill, and she's taking care of her. The old lady will be 100 years old in August. (laughs) Can you believe it? Boy, the changes she's seen. Everything from automobiles to man on the moon. Do you know when your wife will be back in Boston? It all depends on how well her mother recuperates. We could call Joan, if that would help. It might. Do you think she would remember taking this order? I doubt it. Why do you say that? We handle dozens of orders every week, Mr. Nolan. It's very difficult to remember a single order out of so many. You said that one of you usually writes out the cards that go in your envelopes. That's correct. Why is that? Most customers like that little extra. It's all part of the service. Why wouldn't one of you have written out that card? The sender must have been shy. I beg your pardon? Well, some people insist on writing out their own cards. Mainly men. Sadly, they can't bring themselves to say aloud to us what they do find it possible to write. My guess is that this man, and it certainly looks like a man's penmanship, didn't want us to write the card for him. And I can see why. You don't read the cards before you put them in the envelopes? Oh, no. That would be an invasion of our customers' privacy. Do you keep a log of your deliveries? Yes, right here. Ah, here it is. Manuel delivered those flowers to the desk clerk of the hotel Monday morning at 10.20. Is that the sales receipt stapled to the page? It is. We try to keep things in good order. On a customer's name, it says cash. What's that about? Some of our customers don't like to divulge their names to us, especially if they're a secret admirer sending flowers to their lady love. If they pay in cash, we don't ask for their names. Isn't that a pretty slipshod policy? Does the clerk at your market ask your name when you pay him cash for your groceries? No. It's the same idea here. It is entirely within the bounds of the law, and it brings in otherwise reluctant suitors as customers. You'll find that most florists in the city have the same policy. I'll take your word on that. If I've answered all of your questions, Mr. Nolan, I have some arrangements to create in the back room. So please excuse me. Remember to keep Winston's florists in mind for all your floral needs. 
Welcome to the Blue Moon Club, sir. I'm afraid we don't open until 6 p.m. I'm Jim Nolan. Oh, yes. Joey said you'd be coming by. Uh, I'm Milt Doyle. Pleased to meet you. Would it be all right to see the stage area now? Sure. Watch where you step, though. My boys put a fresh coat of wax down on the floor not long ago. So this is the stage Joey will be performing on tomorrow night? That's right. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, Joey asked for some free tickets for you. Would three do? That'll be great. Here you are. Thanks. Will Joey stand in any particular spot on the stage during his act? Oh, that's up to him. Some guys stand near that little red sticker on the floor. From there, everyone in the audience has the best view of the talent. The spotlight will follow Joey wherever he goes. Do you think Joey's in danger, Mr. Nolan? I'm not sure, but there's reason to be concerned. I've been running this club for 11 years. I've never had any trouble. I don't want to break that streak tomorrow night. That's what we're aiming to avoid. Joey mentioned a particular customer he was concerned about. He said the guy always sat right up front. Yeah, table number one. This one right here. Do you write down who reserves your tables? Yeah, uh, follow me. Let's see. Here we are. Uh, there were no reservations at all for Joey's early show on Monday. For the 9.30 show, table number one was reserved under the name of Edward Johnson. How about Tuesday's shows? Yeah, table number one was reserved for both of his shows under that same name. Are you going to look up the guy? It's all too common of a name. The phone book is full of them. I'll need to narrow it down somehow. Uh, about your table for tomorrow night, Joey thought it would be a good idea to put you and your guests at table two next to table one. Is that okay with you? That's fine. Has anyone reserved table one for tomorrow night? No, not yet. Uh, do you know for certain that this guy will show up? I don't. I'd like to have a couple of plainclothes officers in the audience, in the event of trouble. Well, I could reserve table five for them. That's on the other side of table one. That'll be fine. I'd hate for anything to happen to Joey. He's a friend and he really brings in the crowd. Should I cancel his shows? I'll pay him. He won't lose any money. No, that's the worst thing we could do. If there is a threat to Joey here, we have to give it a chance to unfold. Yeah, you're right, of course. I'll see you tomorrow night. By the way, drinks for you and your guests are on the house. One each. I called Lieutenant Carmichael and let him in on the case. He didn't have anything out on Edward Johnson, but agreed that he and one of his men should be at the Blue Moon Club tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. After I hung up, I called the office, filled Mom in, and told her I was heading back. Um, hello? You haven't been here before. I'd remember you. No, I... I, I haven't. This is my first time here. My name's Rosie. I'm one of the cocktail waitresses. 
What's your name? Jim. <laughs> That's always been one of my favorite men's names. So, what do you do, Jim? I'm a private investigator. Really? That sounds exciting. It, it can be. I'd love to hear about some of your cases. Maybe over a drink. That sounds nice, Rosie. But I, you know, I have to be heading back to the office now. Oh, well, that's too bad. Will you be coming back to the club later? I will. Well, I look forward to seeing you again. And when you do come back, you're all mine. I'll tell the other girls I get your table. See you later, Jim. Here are the passes to Joey's show. Good, I could use a night out. There are three passes. I know, you, me, and Dad. Oh, your father won't go to something like that. He's never been much for nightclubs. You and I will go. It'll be fun. I suppose so. Don't worry. Joey's a funny guy. He'll make you laugh. You'll see. Oh, it's not that. What then? It's nothing. It's obviously something. Tell me, Jim. Well, there was this girl at the club. What was her name? Rosie. She's one of the cocktail waitresses. Pretty name. Pretty girl? Oh, very. She came up to me and was flirting a lot. How did that make you feel? Uneasy. That's understandable. Trudy's only been gone for a couple of months. You dated her for years, and this Rosie certainly doesn't sound like Trudy. That's the truth. Before I met Trudy, I, I would have loved the idea of a pretty cocktail waitress coming on to me like that. Why not now? Because you're still mourning. Not only Trudy, but the life you thought you'd have together. Will I ever be ready to try again? Sure you will. When? When you're ready, you'll know. Yes, Mr. Doyle. I thought you'd like to know that I got a call a few minutes ago to reserve Table 1 for Joey's 8 o'clock show tomorrow night. What name was it reserved under? Edward Smith. Not Edward Johnson. Not this time. Hmm. I hope he doesn't know we suspect him. Well, it may not even be the same guy. We'll know when we see him. See you tomorrow night. When Mom and I got to our table, Lieutenant Carmichael and the other officer were already seated at theirs. Table one was empty, but bore a reserved sign. The jazz band was packing up, clearing the stage for Joey. Minutes later, the guest of honor arrived. Joey's description of him was pretty good. Early 40s, balding, thick glasses. 
I had a order with Joey called an exotic drink. Ladies and gentlemen, I bid you all welcome to the Blue Moon Club. I'm Milt Doyle, your host. Thank you, thank you. I'd like to present a very funny young man. Remember his name because he's going places and you can say you knew him when. Ladies and germs, let's have a big blue moon welcome for Mr. Joey Barton. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I could listen to you applaud all night, but I've only got 45 minutes up here. You know, a funny thing happened to me on my way here tonight. I ran into this guy on the street. He told me that he hadn't had a bite in three days. So I bit him. (laughs) That's the way Joey's act went. Some of the jokes were a little tired, but he had the audience in the palm of his hand. Except the guy at table one. About 20 minutes into his act, Joey was telling the joke about his imaginary girlfriend when the guy at table one suddenly charged the stage. Joey swung the mic stand at him. Carmichael and his fellow officer subdued the guy, nothing flat, and pulled him out of the car. Joey tried to play off the attack with some ad-lib jokes, but he was obviously shaken. He managed to finish the show and left the stage to great applause. How are you doing, Joey? Yeah, I'll be okay, Mrs. Nolan. I never had that happen before. Give me a room full of hecklers any day. Will you be able to do the 9.30 show? Oh, sure. Especially now that my pal is in custody. Thank you both. I spoke to Lieutenant Carmichael. I found out some details about your mystery fan. I'm all ears. His real name is Edward Baxter. He's a 42-year-old history professor at Boston High. Does any of this ring the slightest spell? Not even a ding. He admitted sending you the flowers, but he's refusing to say anything else until he sees his lawyer in the morning. Ah, oh, I'm so glad this is over with. That was a nice swing you got in with the mic stand. It was pretty good, wasn't it? Took me back to my old Little League days. Excuse me, is this the office of Jim Nolan? It is. I'm Jim. This is my mother Gladys. What can we do for you? I'm Mary Baxter. Baxter? As in Edward Baxter? Yes, he's my husband. I'm afraid I've done a horrible thing. You have? I just saw Lieutenant Carmichael. He suggested that I come see you since you're working for Joey Barton. That's right. I heard about the incident at the club on the radio. When someone described what the man who charged the stage looked like, I thought it must be my Ed. Why would Ed want to hurt Joey? He was jealous. Of what? Of Joey and me. What? Or so he thought. You've lost me. Ed and I have been having some marital problems lately. I decided that I should leave the house for a bit and bunk with one of my girlfriends so things could cool down. Ed insisted that I must be having an affair or I'd never leave him. When I couldn't get him to believe that I wasn't, I told him that I was, just to shut him up. When he insisted on knowing who the other man was, I mentioned the first name that came to mind. Joey Barton. Exactly. I worked near the club. In passing, I guess I must have seen the poster advertising Joey's appearance. I didn't make the connection in my mind until I heard the news this morning. 
It was then that I remembered that there really was a Joey Barton. So Ed thought Joey had stolen you away. That's right. God, I feel so horrible. With all the problems at home, the fact that Joey Barton was a real person totally slipped my mind. Would you have his phone number so I could call him and apologize? I need him to know that this was entirely unintentional. He's due here soon to settle his bill. I'm sure he'd be happy to speak with you. Joey told me a joke before he left. Let me try it out on you. Do you have to? Why shouldn't I? Because you can't tell a joke. Of course I can. Some people, like Joey, are good at telling jokes and some aren't. You're in the aren't category. Come on, Jim. Mom. What harm will it do? Just one joke? Just one. Go ahead. What did the man say when he walked into the bar? What? Ouch! Ouch? He walked into a bar. It must have hurt. Mom. Yes? Don't quit your day job. Starring our regular cast, Russell Gold as Jim Nolan, Joyce Bender as Gladys Nolan, and Katie Daynert as the narrator. Guest starring in this episode were Ray Saltrelli as Joey Barton, Jim Patton as Mr. Winston, Peter Cat as Milt Doyle, Tanya Milevich as Rosie, and Elise Krog as Mary Baxter. Jim Nolan Private Eye was created by Mike Murphy and Arlene Osborne. I Killed Him in Boston was written by Mike Murphy. The Jim Nolan Private Eye theme was composed and performed by Vivian Dosko. Please hear more of her wonderful music at myspace.com slash Vivian Dosko. That's V-I-V-I-A-N-D-O-S-K-O-W. Producer, Captain John Tadrazak. Assistant producer, Mike Murphy. Mixer, John Specht. Script editor, Arlene Osborne. Webmaster, April Sadowski. Art director, Alexa Chipman. We would also like to thank Captain John Tadrazak of Misfits Audio for airing this show. Mike Murphy, the author of this story, gratefully acknowledges the continued help of Arlene Osborne in the betterment of his scripts. This production is for enjoyment purposes only. I'm your narrator, Katie Daynert. This is an original production by Misfits Audio, copyright 2011.